welcome back to the What the Fork Sunland Preview Podcast. Sunland move away from League One duty this weekend as our attention turns to the FA Cup with a first round tie against Mansfield Town. And the romance of the cup does seem to be dwindling year on year, but hopefully we can spice things up a little bit this week um, with Craig, Cam and Simon from the Manfield Matters podcast. How are you all doing? Are you all right? All right. Uh, not bad, thank you. Yeah, good, thanks. Good, oh, good, and good. news out of work, I'm surprised. Simon's, by the way, Simon has never used Zoom before, so this is an experience for him. So I'm just glad I'm, he's I'm not pressing right. anything, I'm just talking. <laughs> <laughs> We're very impressed. Very impressed, Simon. It's a good good first time, but you're going to have to get used to it because uh, lockdown's still a thing, isn't it? Um, but before we begin, I want to do a little quiz question, um, and this will definitely show the, the difference in age between all of you. Oh, God. No pressure, Simon. This is on you, mate. Yes, I. What was the score and the score is the last time the two sides played? We, Mansfield, lost 2-1. Absolutely 100% correct, Craig. Who scored? Was, oh, there was two own goals. Dave Artel scored an own goal for us. No idea who scored uh, for you. And I just know it was a, a Carling Cup game. I think it was the Carling Cup back then, back at our place. Something like that. Weather yeah. Cup or something like that. It was actually, yeah. you're 100% right with David Artel. Uh, it was 2-1. He equalised in the last minute with a Kevin Kyle own goal. And then we won it in the 93rd minute with a Kevin Kyle Winners so for Kevin Cowell put it in both nets. Random fact, and it was Mick McCarthy's first ever Sunderland win. So there's a I bit remember of Mick McCarthy trivia. being in charge. Yeah, yeah. Cam won't remember. I don't think Cam was born. I was going to say, what year was this? 2003. Oh, no, I was born, but I was, yeah, I was three, four. So did we not play Sunderland in a friendly one year and beat them 3 1? I can't remember that if we did. <laughs> I think that might have, been, might have been Man City, but who knows? Who knows? Wait, Liam Lawrence, God, I think. Yeah, that'd be City then, be Man City. Liam Lawrence. Now there's a name. Oh, but God. When it comes to Mansfield, I'll, I'll throw this one at you first, uh, Craig. First things first. Uh, you might have a new manager by the time this comes out. Um, so which names have been bandied about? Uh, for us, it's a 50-50 split between Nigel Clough and Paul Cook. Um, we've been talking about this quite a lot recently, obviously. Uh, a lot of names being banded about. There's a few names that we certainly don't want. Uh, Gary Caldwell being one of them who seems to have popped up of, of late. Um, no idea where that's come from either. Just uh, a ridiculous thing. But I think a lot of people are expecting it to be Nigel Clough. Um, so it certainly seems that the perfect fit for us. But then there's probably about 40, 50 percent, you know, who were saying Paul Cook as well with the connections with uh, David Sharp, the CEO. So to be honest, it, it's almost like the US presidential election race. Nobody knows who's going to win at the minute. So, uh, you know, we keep checking the Internet and, and see what happens. What what do, you, what do you think, Cam? Do you reckon? Because they're both like I was looking at this beforehand, and they're both like massive names. Both had probably if Parkinson, see if I think he's doing all right, but see feel that I wouldn't have minded them either of them in the summer, especially Paul Cook. So so what are you saying, Cam? Either or, or have you got a particular favourite? Yeah, either or, because you look, they're both very much established League One managers, and they've done fantastic job at their respective clubs. Um, I think personally, I'd probably go more towards Cook because it is it pushes a little bit higher and I think if if he does see as a Mansfield as a long-term project then we might actually finally get to where the Radfords do want us which is to be in the championship I think it would be a, a very good investment as such but I think to steady the ship and 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 slowly build up to that I think club could do that as well but for an instant impact it, it'd be cut for me Simon, do you expect there to be a manager in by Saturday or do you think they're going to take plenty of time with us? 
I, no, I think there'll be one in by Saturday. Um, my, my, I'm I'm split fifty fifty because I, I keep I keep saying to Craig it's going to be Paul Cook, it's going to be Paul Cook, and Craig's like, no, I can see him shaking his head now on the camera, going, no, it's not. Um, I don't mind which which one it is as long as they come in and they do us a job and they're not here for like we've had a couple of managers in the past that's come for the money and you know things like that and they've not really been into it so I just hope they come and because at the minute as I see it I've, I've watched on iFollow the games and we've been completely flat from front to back and there's been no drive no passion no anything and I just want somebody to come in and install that drive and passion and tell them, tell the players what it means. Even though we're not there, and as a fan yourself, the drive and passion that the fans have for this football club, you know, and, and what it means to the fans when we win and we just get back up the league and just, just install some some balls as such. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. No, I mean, it's... It's kind of even more important that you have that now, especially with, like you said, none of us actually being there. But I've got to be honest now, I'll come to you with this one, Craig. But um, I was really surprised at how badly the last appointment worked out because obviously when um, Cochrane came from Bristol Rovers, I was really surprised because they, they fell literally not through a trap door, but they went from fifth in the league to like 13th or something. And obviously COVID killed the league off. But Came with a good pedigree. He moved a whole division below, and it was for family reasons. So he must have seen it as a long-term project. He's gone in like less than a year, Craig. So, so what kind of went wrong there? I think a lot of it boils down to the way he was as a man manager. I think last year, there's no secret, we had a massive hangover from the previous season, finishing fourth, missing out on promotion on the final day to, to MK Franchise. And we never really got over that. We appointed the uh, the youth team manager at the time, the academy manager, who'd done a fantastic job. And to be fair, deserved the opportunity. But we always said on the podcast, and this was no disrespect to, uh, to John, who I sort of know relatively well as well, um, from his time as a player, that it was like a primary school teacher, you know, trying to teach, you know, year 13 kids. And it, it, it didn't work for him. Graham, as you say, came with a good pedigree, but there was a lot of sort of split personalities within that dressing room. A lot of players who'd been around for a long time, a lot of players who, you know, felt like they ruled the dressing room, felt like they had the authority. And Graham came in, tried to split that up. He put the captain uh, on the transfer list, along with one of our most creative midfielders at the time. Um, did a massive U-turn on the captain, Pierce, took him off the transfer list and, and started playing him again. Released Jacob Mellis, who was the other, the other player. Started bringing in a few free agents. It, it didn't really seem to work. Performances were slowly dwindling as we as we looked back and, and reflect on it. And then this season, he's had massive, massive investment, but it's just been exactly the same again. And uh, you know, the performances have been flat. There's been no real um, energy, no get up and go from from the players. It almost seems like from an outside perspective, that he's not really had hold of them enough. He's not really managed them in, in the way that he could and sort of utilised the best assets. And it just goes to show how different we've been in the last couple of weeks or so under Richard Cooper in the last couple of games, who has, you know, changed the system, got the players playing a different way, utilised their talents. And uh, if I'm being completely honest, though, you know, you mentioned that he came with a, a good pedigree. I wasn't massively thrilled with his appointment in the first place. So it, it came as no surprise to me that the axe was wheeled, actually. You think it was the right decision? 
Oh, absolutely, yeah. Um, he had to go um, to not get a, a win in that amount of games, considering the investment he had and the players he had at his, his disposal. George Maris, one of the best ball players in League Two, who was flying with Cambridge. Ollie Clark, one of the best ball players in League One, flying for Bristol Rovers, been up and down the leagues with them. George Lapsley came in on loan, same for him. Marek Steck, who was fantastic, you know, on the way up to the championship. So many good players that we can name who we just didn't utilise and didn't get the best out of them. And there was a clearly a, a confidence issue. And I think that was highlighted with what Nicky Maynard said in his press conference. And there was a flatness, a timidness about, about the, the play and, and their approach. And it was certainly starting to tell. And I think the Radfords, they're, they're very patient people, as we've seen in the past, but at the end of the day, where we were in the league, it wasn't going to get any better anytime soon. So it was the perfect time uh, to change it and to sort of uh, to look ahead to the future and uh, absolutely the right decision. And uh, we wish Graham all the best, of course we do, but football is a results-based business and simply wasn't getting the results. Do you have any different takes on that, Cam, or do you you completely echoing the sentiments of uh, Craig? Yeah, pretty much the same. It, it just something didn't seem right, and it, it looked like obviously in preseason we'd still not won a game, and uh, going into well the Preston game uh, in the um, Carabao Cup, and although we didn't play actually that badly in that game, we got hammered, but the signs were there that it was promising. But then we come out against. Tranmere on the opening day and we were just so flat so so lackluster we didn't look galvanized and uh, he's tried to press about cam's laughing so we're on our podcast just sorry to cut in just to sort of fill you in on the in joke cam's laughing because on our podcast we have certain key phrase words which earn a ring of the bell david flickcroft used to say galvanized all the time so that used to <laughs> ring the bell so every time that he says it or solidified or toxicity that's i have to go for the bell so that's so yeah. basically it was just something that we just thought of but now it actually fills uh the show with a little bit of excitement a little bit of laughter because at the minute it's pretty dreary talking about mansfield town but um yeah we we just look so we just look so dull and it, there's nothing to it's great for us as fans on the podcast because it gives us content to talk about it we can critique the game a little bit more and yeah but it's just when you've not won in what is it 10 games and if we lose again on saturday in the FA Cup, we'll be out of every cup competition without even winning a game in any competition, whether that be league, cup, friendly, whatever. We've just not won this season. It's just not not happened yet. And the signs were there from, from early on. We just didn't look, look like we could get going. And then the following week, uh, throwing away leads against Exeter, um, 1-0 up in that, threw it away. 2-0 up at Leighton Orient, throwing it away in the last two uh, last 10 minutes. And then it's just absolutely gut-wrenching because we've spent so much money on these players and we actually finally get a squad that on paper should be absolutely walking this league with the, the with the quality and the experience that we've got mixed with youth uh, that have got the hunger and the desire. It, it's just not good enough at the minute. And... Yeah, Nicky Maynard summed it up perfectly, just saying that we were just so flat. But on about David Sharp coming into the dressing room after the game, after the manager had gone, and uh, drawing his all into a meeting and saying, it's not been good enough yet. And I think as a, as a whole, the club have had to really take a step back and like reassess where we are as 
as a team and as a club, because as a team, we're not, we're not there yet, but as yeah. a club, we are. So it's now getting the on the pitch performance to be matching up to where the club needs to be and expects to be in either pushing high in League Two or actually getting promotion. Just coming to you as well, Simon, uh, maybe a slightly different question. Um, there'll be a lot of Sunderland fans listening that won't really understand or, or know the background of what Mansfield's project is, and every club has a project. Um, but obviously you've got people behind, that, as you said before yourself, Craig, they're, they're patient. But Simon, just fill me in a little bit on sort of your, your chairman, your board of directors. What, what is this family? What is their plan? And what is it they want to do with Mansfield? Well, as a fan to start with, uh, and I'll probably echo the sentiments of Craig and Camier, but for us, the Radfords have like can't do enough for Mansfield Town Football Club. You know, they've they've put in so much money, so much effort to get to where the club, where they where they see Mansfield Town as a club, and not as a club as well as like a town and an area and things like that. Mm-hmm. They they want to be the forefront of Mansfield. And to get us there, they they want to get Mansfield on the map. They want to be in the same league as Nottingham Forest and you know things like that. We we want they want to be playing. Well, you know yourself, Sunderland being in the Premiership a few years ago. You know you want to be at the top playing the top teams, and that that's where they see Mansfield Town Football Club. And at the minute. They're not getting the right mix of manager with players and, and things like that. They, in the past, and the guys might disagree with me on this, they, but I feel as though they've been misguided sometimes. When they first came in, they was a little bit naive and, you know, yeah. probably wanted to throw too much money at it and, and get us up there. And And as the years have gone on, they've kind of, took a step back from that and gone, hang on a minute, we need a project of so many years. And, you know, we, they've had managers in that have been inexperienced and we've been lucky, i.e. Paul Cox, to get us up at the, the Football League, um, at the National League, sorry, into the Football League. And then they've been a little bit the other way by hire. We, want, we all wanted somebody experienced and they gave us Steve Evans, and to be fair, that went the other way. You know, he, he came and then Peterborough came in for him and he went for the money. And that Via that China, was, don't forget it was via China, always via right. China. Oh, via China, yeah, sorry. So the, the Steve um, Evans we're talking about, I assume, yeah, because we had him yeah. last we had him last <laughs> week and yeah, he's he's an enigma, I think would be the, the kind word, isn't it? <laughs> what a guy. I think everybody hates him as a manager, but everybody would like him as their manager because if you look at his record, it speaks for itself. Is it nine promotions? Yeah, yeah. he's done quite well. Something he's done pretty like well. So everybody wants him, but when they play against him, everybody hates him. And you can see that. But just going back to your question, the Radford Sears as a championship club, and that's where they want to be. I think going on going on record. Me personally, this is only my opinion. I'm, I don't want to speak for Cam and Craig, but if we did slip out of the football league again, I honestly believe that they would they would sell up and and go. To be Ooh, honest, controversial, very controversial. I mean, I, I I don't know. I mean, I think they'd certainly have a long long look at it. I mean, they're 
just to sort of throw you on the bigger picture as well, Graham, it, like the the thing with them two was, you know, they've evolved so much over the 10 or so years that they've been here. They no, no longer reside in the UK. They live out in Portugal now. They brought in David Sharp in the summer. He was obviously ex-Wigan um, as well. He's now our CEO. Uh, they've got a family, I believe, of three boys, isn't it? Twins and, and another one as well. Um, so their life has completely changed. So I do see Simon's point a little bit. I, I think they'd be very hesitant, but it's... Um, I certainly see Simon's point in, in some way, shape or form, definitely. I, would have, I, I wasn't really planning on asking this, but I'll, I'll, I'll come to you with this one, Craig. I suppose, I know like many people, Sun Until I Die hit TV screens when we were all originally in lockdown. So I know a lot more people watched it anyway. Um, and the second series was obviously very, very focused around um, Charlie Meth and, and Stuart Donald. So I don't know if you did watch it, Craig, but when you've got a, an ownership that you can tell cares about the club but then you see Sunderland till I die and you see what's happening at Sunderland what, what's your thoughts on Sunderland and, and the ownership situation that we have to be honest I think you're better off wielding this one to Cam because I, I didn't watch it so I, I very rarely um if you I'm honest I, well I know I've, I, I keep hearing everyone at work <laughs> because I work in football sort of every day that it's um I basically work for a community trust um, uh-huh. doing their media so because I work in football every day the last thing I want to do when I get home <laughs> is sit and watch endless hours of football so genuinely I, I haven't watched it thoughts on it Cam yeah I'll say I've only watched it briefly because uh like Craig I work I, I study football football business and media you, work, you study behave study fo- <laughs> uh BA honors football business and media at UCFB at the Etihad campus in Manchester. So same as uh, Craig, you're just in and around football every day. So like you don't always want to... Secret Salford fan. Yeah, Secret (laughs) Salford fan, apparently. But um, no, so it's like you're surrounded by football every day and it's like... um, But yeah, just just on the Sunderland thing, it's it's like you, you... not that you come over attached with the club, but it's like you, you make like personal decisions mm-hmm. based on, on on personal reasons, not necessarily based on on what's best for the club. And I think it's obviously it's like Sunderland need to be Championship, Premier League, and I think you will get there. And I think it might be this season. I think, sorry, sorry to jump on the back of you, Cam, but I think the the whole thing with, with Sunderland as well is because you've been up there at the top, you've got a huge fan base, much larger compared to someone like Mansfield. You know, we've always been, you know, dulling around League Two and things like that. And especially when we went down to the conference, it dwindled off. So we've almost had to be reborn in some sense and, and get our fans back in. But from a Sunderland's perspective, when you've been right at the very top and you've tumbled as much as as much as you have, and you, you sort of drop down to League One, you all, almost expect, like we did when we went to the conference in some respects, you almost expect that immediate return, that immediate promotion. And when it doesn't happen and continually doesn't happen, um, the frustration grow, you know, grows and grows and grows. Owners will, will look at different ways of, of what they're doing. Again, to draw it back to us for a second, you know, we missed out on promotion to League One on the final day of the season. And the, the day after, pretty much the day or two after, they sacked the manager, replaced him with the academy manager. And obviously since, John Radford and Karen have both said that was a mistake. It was it was made out of haste. And emotion leads football. And, and I think that's the case wherever you are. But when you're a club of Sunderland stature, you know, when we drew you out of the FA Cup, everybody looks for Sunderland in round one because they're the biggest team 
on paper. So you can certainly understand why there is that emotion and, and that sort of uh, that emotional driven uh, leadership, if you like, uh, behind the scenes and just why it's been so captivating for the many, many people that have been watching it. Yeah, unfortunately, not so much now, but when you do watch the show, I think the Will Griggs situation was obviously some of you may or may not have seen me deciding at the last minute to pay the best part of £4 million for Will Grigg. Spoiler alert, it doesn't really work out at all and still isn't working out. Um, but onwards to uh, sort of Mansfield, you played Bolton last night, which we're speaking on, I think it's Wednesday, I'm losing track of time with lockdown. Um, I believe it was yesterday. And if it, it wasn't was. for, obviously, a last minute goal, you would have had that first win with, and I know Bolton haven't hit their stride at all in League Two, realistically, but there's still probably a big scalp. Um, I'll throw this one at you, Simon. What, what was your thoughts on the performance yesterday? Well, I'll be honest, I didn't really watch it because I was looking after my boys. Child care, Simon. This is why he doesn't come on our <laughs> podcast as often. <laughs> I've been relegated, you see. Um, but, um, I, well, I'm not too sure, so I'm going to have to throw it to Cam or Craig. Fire on. Watch it. All good. We're all living by your stream these days. Our game was delayed yesterday because our stream wasn't working, so we were delayed by half an hour. So we do live in a world where things do sometimes overtake see, the stream. <laughs> yeah, this is the, this is the problem. I was saying last night actually, I knew that they'd scored before I watched them score because the yeah. iFollow it just popped the notification up before, and I think you know everyone's got different uh, sort of things. And um, like Simon said, he was was with childcare. Cam very nearly didn't watch it last night due to uni assignments. Life, because it's you're not physically going out and going to the games, life does get in the way. Mm -hmm. uh, but to sort of preempt the, the question, sort of answer the question and save Simon a little bit. Um, <laughs> Cheers, Craig. No worries, mate. I've always got you back. Um, <laughs> uh, we did, we've played very well and uh, we played very well on Saturday as well. And uh, Bolton, another team, you know, been at the very top, tumbled all the way down. They're expecting an immediate return. And they're seeing the same thing at the moment with Ian Effort, played, paid massive money to get him from Barrow in the summer. And it's not worked for them. They expected instant success. It's not worked. Um, you know, we're in that sort of middle point at the minute where, you know, we're in a transition of managers. Richard Cooper, the academy manager and his staff have done a phenomenal job in turning those players around. We played some great football on Saturday um, in that game. And then uh, on last night, Tuesday night, played some even better football. It took us a little while to get going, but when we did, scored a really good goal through George Lapsley. And it was just that lapsing concentration, tired legs a little bit. We didn't defend from the the front one simple ball over the top and and it robbed us and I think we also on the podcast last night we actually do a, a post-match reaction show now our, a lot of our stuff is, is is trying to sort of keep that football vibe alive and sort of you know capture that raw emotion that you'd get on the coach or whatever after a game and uh, we're all saying yes we feel dejected that it's not a win and it's another draw but actually we felt most sorry for Richard Cooper and his staff because they deserved the win they've really put the hours in the, the juggling the academy and the, the first team and having to sort all the academy stuff out for, for lockdown which comes into effect tomorrow now as well in in England so it's it's been a really tough job for him he's been at the club years he uh, was part of the backroom staff that got us promoted back into the football league um, so I think we just wanted a win for him and it pretty much looks like he won't get the, the, the shot at managing uh, against you guys on, on Saturday, which is a real shame. But um, I think we, we're just so sad for him. And uh, hopefully the boys will pick up uh, from, from where he's left them. The new manager will come in and sort of carry on building this jigsaw, which he started putting, to, started putting together. And uh, the first win will we'll certainly dedicate to him. Um, just on the back of that, Craig, 
at least he's got 100% record. He's not lost. Yeah, undefeated, mate. It all counts. <laughs> I'll, I'll come to you with this one because I, I now know you watched the game. Yeah, which Craig let slip there, which I probably should have checked beforehand, shouldn't I? Did your stream work? Is your internet all right? Should be the new question. Um, well, Simon's still on uh, dial-up, so he's got a little hamster power and he's electric I'm, as well. I'm trying so. coal in my computer as we speak just to keep <laughs> it going. I'll give you five then, all right, before I ask the next question. I'll let you, I'll let you fill up. Um, I know it's difficult to know if your team's going to play a certain style of play, especially when you've got a caretaker manager in charge and you've just changed over. Because sometimes the caretaker manager just continues the same style of play until a new manager comes in. There may be a new manager that comes in and changes everything up. But based on the last couple of games, Cam, what, what is the style of play you expect Mansfield to play on Saturday? We played, uh, we played 4-4-2 the last two games, haven't we? 4-3-3 three, three Saturday, 4-4-2 four, 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 last night. No, your formations yeah, can so... come on, sort yourself out. You're supposed to be doing a university oh, yeah, four, three. Some, Come on, son. Ha, 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 funny. <laughs> but, so, it's it's a little bit more, a little bit more tacky, a little bit more intent, and it's just getting the ball flowing a little bit more. We were just, we were very easy to suss out in the first eight games, and, we yeah, we were just too predictable, and it was just, every time the ball went backwards it just go further back and further back and there'd be no one looking to make a forward pass it'd always be backwards or sideways and we just had no no one to really no one like the engine of the team to really get things going to run at the midfield run at the attack and and, and just like spark us into life we just lacked that hunger and desire and it it was I, I a lot of the time it was down to the to the way that we were playing, there was just no attacking outlet. And when we did get the ball up front to Andy Cook, Jamie Reeves, Nicky Maynard, Jordan Bowery, they just weren't able to do anything. And I think that's why that someone like Maynard and Reed and Bowery have come across so ineffective so far this season. Like Maynard only picked up his first goal uh, at the weekend against Walsall. Uh, Jordan Bowery scored one this season. That was from the penalties. Other than that, he's not really done much. He was a bit more improved when he came on on Saturday. He was more improved last night, uh, on uh, Tuesday night against Bolton. But as a rule, he's been ineffective. And it's just down to the way that we're playing because it's just playing hoofball constantly, getting it upfield. And it just didn't work. And for the last two games, we've just gone back to the basics, getting it on the floor, play it. And that's where the team that we've assembled with your Maris, with your Charlesleys, with your Lapsleys, it's just, they thrive on it. And even more getting it up the wings, bringing Stephen McLaughlin in was a, a fantastic signing, although he's not had the best two games recently. As a general, he's... he's Are you all right? Yeah, but <laughs> having that attacking outlet up the left, yes, we're still missing... It's, it's a massive change for someone like CJ Hamilton, who was, who was just a breath of fresh air up that wing. But, but it was still missing that, lacking, lacking that intent. And for the last few games where we've been able to get these players out wide and getting them forward, so McLaughlin and then Callum Gordon on the other side, they just look like new players and actually being able to get it up and get it into the box. And, and the same again for like dealing with second balls. So uh, first half, goal against Warsaw, it just comes from a set play, getting the ball into the box. Warsaw header it away. They don't deal with the second ball. It comes back in and then Nicky Maynard gets on the end of it. It's just that bit of intent and, and like a striker's instinct was just missing from Maynard, Cook, Barry, whoever's game. And it was just, it just seemed that everything went right that game other than getting the win. And it same again on Tuesday night, everything went right 
except getting the win. Just one I, slight lapse in concentration. I think what, what they've done as well, I think Coughlin was like the tactics and he wouldn't, he, he was prone to going back to basics and things like that. Whereas as Coops knows he's the interim manager, he knows it's not his job full time. And I think what he's done is made it about the players. He's gone back to basics like what these guys have just said. And, he, and he's made it about them. And he, what, he's, what he's done, he's kind of sat them all down and kind of said, you know what you're good at. Let's just do this and we'll, we'll see where it takes us. And he's, and he's kind of installed that bit of confidence back in the, in the squad uh, to build the confidence back up. Because I think with Coughlin, it, it was all about, as it is, it, it's all about results and trying to get that result. And I think, to be fair, again, the guys might not agree with me, he didn't really have a plan B. So when it was all going wrong on plan A, he Did he have got, a plan A? I, I never uh, I never no. call a plan A, mate. <laughs> we, we, we used to say that about Steve <laughs> Evans. I think he made it up as he went along, but you know what I mean. But Coughlin, he, he didn't he didn't know how to switch it up in his in, in his interviews. He he'd always revert back to four four two. And when we were reverted back to four four two, we started to play a lot better. But then in his interviews at the end. He, he wouldn't say, like, the next game, they're going to go back to 4-4-2 and play the next game 4-4-2. He'd go back to trying 3-5-2, whatever positions he wanted to play. You know what I mean? He he just he wanted to have his own fix on the squad and it, and it just wasn't working. And I think Coops has just took it back to basics, like the guys have said to install that confidence back in the players that we've got. Because like what Cam said earlier, we've got a team that should be ripping this team, ripping this league up completely. And it's just not happening at the minute. I mean, to be fair, I was looking through, obviously, the side that you've got, Craig. Um, and there's plenty of players that Sunderland fans should recognise with this being around the league for a while. And there's some some teams in League One, I would say, don't have a similar level of strength. I mean, you've got, you've mentioned Jordan Barry, who came in, I think, from, would have been MK Dons, I think. Uh, you brought in Farend Rawson, um, obviously, who's at, or was at Forest Green. One big name will stick out to many Sunderland fans, that's James Perch. Um, but, you know, Lapsley is another player as well. Ollie Clark's come from Bristol Rovers. He, I think he was the captain there for numerous years. So there's plenty of players that you've brought in alongside, you know, players you've probably already got on the squad on top of that. But for Sunderland fans, and I'll throw this one to you, Craig, and then obviously Cam and then Simon, please give me your own opinion on it as well. Who could realistically damage Sunderland on, on Saturday? It'll be interesting. I think a lot of it will rely on uh, whether the manager changes or not. I think George Lapsley's just starting to find his feet. He, you know, came in on loan from uh, uh, from from Charlton. He's, he's a young lad who's, who's still got a, a lot of uh, lot of football to, to be played. And he's very uh, raw, isn't he? But he's, yeah, he's very a, very raw. He's a little player. Absolutely very nippy and, you know, gets box to box and really drives us forward. George Maris is another one who fits that description uh, perfectly. But for me, I think at the moment, I think it, it will be uh, one player to sort of keep your eye on if he's fit is either Corey O'Keefe, who's uh, a really good young fullback, uh, was at Macclesfield last year, played left side, playing right side for us, really good uh, attacking player. Uh, but at the moment, the, the sort of person in form for me, it doesn't get mentioned uh, a lot, is Harry Charlesley. Um, very good uh, box-to-box midfielder. I believe he was ex-Everton. Yeah, we picked yeah. him up uh, last year on a free. Done really, really well for us. Can play right side, left side. Tends to play in the middle as, as well. He's, he's forming a good partnership with Marison Lapsley as well. So uh, if he gets on the ball and gets the ball to feet and he's given a bit of room to drive at, 
he'll be uh, hot to handle for sure. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I think um, what what bodes well for for Charlesley is that he's got two players alongside him in Maris and and Lapsley who are both fantastic on the ball. So it's just that interplay between the three, and then uh, backing them up, you've got your wingers. So uh, McLaughlin and um, and Gordon or McLaughlin and O'Keefe. And we've just got so many different options that we can get the ball forward. We can go straight through the middle, passing it between the, the three in the middle or getting it up the way and getting it into the box. There's just so many ways to get forward. But I think if you're going to pick out somewhere that Sunderland need to be wary of is the directness of Callum Gordon getting forward, driving for the byline and getting that ball into the box because not only have we then got a direct, direct chance of scoring from the cross as well, so we did that at Morecambe. It was Harry Charlesley actually scored. It was Kellen Gordon driving up the line, getting the ball in, Charlesley dinking it into the net with a just flicked it through his legs like a back heel. And then, but also the second ball coming back out and, and just being able to recycle the ball a little bit better over the last two games that we've we've noticed. But you'll be absolutely fine if, you know, Kellen Gordon is running at you. But if we've got Jordan Bowery playing up top, you might as well just stick a traffic cone there. So it's about, it's more effective. So So the last two games, he's not been too bad. He's been improved, but I think that was very much just down to the way that he was played. And I think the confidence in the team. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Is is Bowery realistically going to play on Saturday? I can't see it. No, it's cookies Saturday. It's cookies. Cook, Cook and Maynard or Cook and Reed. They're just fantastic players, but... That's the thing. We've got such strength and depth, and it's just now finding a way to get them all all firing on the same on the same wavelength. Really. Correct me if I'm wrong here. I could be completely wrong. I think here, but when you say Cookie, are we are we referring to Andy Cook? Yes, yes. we are. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, Andy Cook. Uh, yeah, it's just uh, force of habit, isn't it? Completely <laughs> forgot that he that he actually that he actually played for you. Yeah, he's funny on that neck of the woods, isn't he? He's a black and white. Yeah, he's a yeah. big black and white. Yeah, he's not He's not a big Sunderland fan, so that's just dawned on me. Maybe well, he'll, he'll score then. He'll, def- he'll definitely score. He's done it before. He did it for Walsall in the FA Cup, funnily enough, I think before he joined Mansfield. So there's... Yeah, there, yeah I've, there I've ruined it now. Ruined it. I was even positive before then. Um, <laughs> I'll bring this one on to you, Simon, and obviously feel free to jump in, everyone, as well. I think one point of interest for everyone is... Because you're always really harsh on your own team. I think a lot of Sunderland <laughs> fans at the moment are incredibly harsh on our own team um, for right and wrong reasons. But it's nice to hear other fans' perspective on which players they're genuinely worried about. And sometimes quite surprising, if I'm honest with you. But I'll come to you first, Simon, then, then you, Craig, then you can. But which which Sunderland players are you not looking forward to coming up against? Um, just because I know that he's a bit of a natural goal scorer, I would probably say Charlie White. He's right on form, yeah. Yeah, so he, he was very, very good for Bradford. And then you guys snapped him up and um I think he was he's the guy that's the main the main target man, I would say, that yeah. um I would probably be main, mainly worried about, to be honest. He's definitely on form at the moment. He's had a I'm gonna be polite here, but he's had a difficult two years, shall we say, but he's had a pre season in him and all of a sudden it's He's had a pre-season in him and a really good hair transplant and one of them's worked for him very, very well. I'm going to guess a hair transplant rather than a pre-season. But, uh, but who, who worries you, Craig, on Saturday? 
I've always been a fan of uh, Charlie White. He's, he's, you know, done it a lot at the lower levels, especially against us. He always seems to pop up and, and score one or two against us. But just to sort of spread it out there and not just, you know, jump, choose the same as Simon. Um, Luke O'Neill, for me, he's been a player that I've sort of uh, looked at over the years. He's always sort of been quite capable, can play in a few uh, different positions. And he's, he's always been a go-to sign on football manager for me as well. So uh, I'll go with I'll, I'll go with him. On you, Cam. Who, which ones worry you? There we go. Um, yeah, someone like Charlie White, Luke O'Neill, uh, Lyndon Gooch is another one. Um, you? Are you on BBC Sunderland top scorers, Cam? Are you are you doing this? <laughs> no, I just play a lot of football manager, and I always end up bouncing between League One and Two with a conference team usually. But yeah, you, it's just them sort of players that you you pick out that can. Um, really change a game and and yeah like Charlie White was he was where was he before Bradford was it Carlisle 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 yeah. I remember didn't they rip us apart 5-2 under Evans yeah yeah in one of the cup competitions no, think, FA Cup might have been I, it might, I think it, I think it was the um what's now the Papa John's I remember Rosie scored an absolute yeah, last from about yeah. 40 yards yeah yeah, I think, no, I think I think Madness. we won that. I think that was a win, but I think yeah, I think it was in the league that they yeah, they yeah. Beat it was year. around the same time, wasn't it? Yeah, they were very close together. I think we played them Saturday, Tuesday. I think maybe yeah, yeah. Um, he, has, trips, yeah. he has some record, Charlie Wagger, at the League Two level, and obviously had a great season at League One. And I'll be honest, he's he's been relatively rubbish for us up until this season. But this season, he's like a League One Didier Drogba, um, not quite, <laughs> but he's he's doing very well. So it's it's nice to see that he's brought his form two and a half years too late, but nonetheless, yes, I think he's going to be a massive danger because we're very much working on a makeshift defence at the minute. So we've just well, we've got had... Perch playing left side centre back, so that tells you, yeah, right, you know, I'll but see. he's been class though, to be fair. So he has it's been his best position, but we've had Roland Manet's has been missing through injury. Yeah, uh, Sweeney's COVID. Sweeney's COVID. Mal Benny's just come from. Um, yeah, another one that's just come back from the um, actually having COVID, having to self isolate. Corey O'Keefe's another one that came back into the squad on Tuesday. Yeah. Um, another one that's had to self isolate. And it's going to be touch and go whether Ryan Sweeney plays or not. I, we can't see it happening. I think he'll be more next week, mate. I think he might be on the bench. He might have done some light training. We, we don't know. So. But yeah, we've been working on a makeshift back back four, back five, whatever. So yeah, someone like Charlie Charlie White's gonna be a, a massive danger for us. And I think if we can get to half time without conceding, uh, it'd be great. I'd I'd be quite happy take it to penalties, nil-nil draw. Fine by me. Whoa, whoa, hang on a minute. It, hang on, you should know this. When was the last time Mansfield Town won a penalty shootout? Come on. Oh yeah, um, it was a 12-13 season. We played Slough Town at Beaconsfield. I'm impressed. I'm impressed. That's um, the last time we won a shootout. We've yeah, we've not won one since. So. Interestingly wow. enough, yeah, John John Dempster would be manager. Was yeah. actually he was our captain for that season. He got sent off. Craig was commentating the game alongside our current I follow commentator Martin Shaw. Uh, but yeah, Slough didn't have their own ground, so they were playing at Beaconsfield. So I'm uh, surprised you've remembered that. Um, I'll have to leave that out of future quizzes. Yeah, um, I'll have to leave that out of future quizzes. Recent Mansfield history, I've got you down on. I've got Craig <laughs> down on this one. But um, 
No, so yeah, we don't do well in cup competitions uh, when it comes to penalty shootouts. And then even in the league, we bottle the playoffs and then uh, on, on penalties as well. So my night was going so well until you reminded me of that. <laughs> yeah, <it's... laughs> I believe like. <laughs> I believe Liam Lawrence was guilty of one of them as well, wasn't he? Yeah, Lawrence yeah. Was, uh, Cam won't remember. Yeah, Cam won't remember. He was about one, so. Uh, <laughs> well, I remember vaguely. I didn't watch the games, but you just—it's just one of them bits of Mansfield history that you, you just know. It did it in the, did it in the in the semi-finals and and it worked, and then he's done it again in the final. And he just he didn't do it in the semi-finals, mate. Did you do it in semi-finals? No, he slammed it straight down the middle. Oh, someone. Uh, I've heard well, this. I've heard this story from Liam Lawrence before. Um, are we allowed to plug other podcasts other than our own? Absolutely, no problem. Right, I, I think it was uh, the, the podcast which uh, John Parkin does. I think. Is oh, it, under the cosh. Definitely, you can promote that. Yeah. Yeah, one of the one of the early episodes was with Liam Lawrence, and it he was, was. telling he was telling that story, and he said. Um, I'm going to chip it. I'm going to chip it. And we all thought it was a bit of uh, bravado because we knew he, was, he knew he was leaving. I think he joined you guys after, he didn't did. he? Yeah, he joined um, in the summer, yeah. So he knew he was leaving anyway. So he, he thought, I'm just going to, you know, just do it and, and try and be a bit audacious and go out either on a high or, or whatever. And we thought it was, you know, just a little bit of show offmanship from him. But then actually we did uh, a series for charity a couple of years back uh, called A Trip Down Memory Lane. We had Bobby Assel on who uh, ended up going to Barnsley after that one of the nicest guys you can ever meet. And he, he, he rem- I recall him telling us the story and he said, they were all lining up on the halfway line and just before he, he went to make his walk, he turned and said, I'm going to dink it, I'm going to dink it. And all the lads just sort of, the faces dropped and Bobby was going, no, 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 don't do it, don't do it, you'll, you'll miss it. And he no, nah, I don't care, I'm doing it. So the, the story was true. He did actually decide on the spur of the moment to dink it and has arguably never been forgiven. And so, yeah. And he's his last kick as a man to play um, it's not it's not the best. Talking of penalties and potential penalties, score predictions just to finish off. I'll go first. I'm gonna take a one-nil. I'm gonna take a really boring one-nil in a completely forgettable game. It just that's the first round of the FA Cup, I think, these days. But Craig, are you gonna surprise me with an audacious uh score prediction? No, it's going to penalties. It's got one-one written all over it. Um <laughs> if we I, a lot of it will again depend on whether we've got a new manager in charge or not, to be honest. Obviously, when a new man comes in, um, we've been saying this a lot, essentially for, for the new manager now, if they come in, they've got two free hits. We've got you guys on Saturday, and then we've got Scunthorpe in in the Papa John's trophy on, on Tuesday, which we're already out of. I know it's stu- such a stupid name. It makes me laugh every time. Uh, and, uh, every time. Uh, so we've got them in, in that. So the manager's has got two free hits really to tinker and try things. So They'll ba- there's bound to be a new manager bounce. And if there's not, and if Richard Cooper is in charge for Saturday, the lads will want to get that win for him. So we will come out and give it a go. Um, but in reality, it's got 1-1 written all over it and we will continue our dismal record on penalties and lose 3-0 on penalties. I take and, it. And Jordan Barry will miss the first one by clearing the Stadium of Light, <laughs> re-emphasising my fact that we should be playing a traffic cone up front. I've got nothing against the guy, really. If you're watching, Jordan... Cam, what's yeah. your thoughts? Um, <laughs> to be fair, I think if I'm going to go the other way, I think if it is, I think if we can get it to penalties, I think we can win because Marek Steck can actually save a penalty. I mean, he's done it numerous times before. He's done it against us. I think. Well, we were two 0 up yeah. against Luton. We threw it away in the last ten minutes, and then we got a penalty in like the ninety third minute. I mean, we didn't have the greatest person in Jimmy Spencer spe- stepping up to take it, but um, no, Steck saved it, and it was a poor penalty to be fair. But it was a good; it did get down to it. But 
I think, yeah, I'll take a 1-1 and I think we might actually scrape it on penalties. If it gets to penalties, I think we can win it. Cool. Lads, I hope you enjoyed being on. Uh, appreciate your time and hopefully we get to enjoy our stream on Saturday in one way or another. It is a bit of a free hit for both of us. I think the romance of the cup is a bit lost, but let's pretend we love year, it. Yeah. yeah, it's completely died. But let's pretend we're really, really up for it. It's the biggest game of the season, all right? But thanks for coming on, lads. Appreciate it. A pleasure. Thanks very much for, for having us and good luck for yeah. the rest of the season. You as well, yeah, lads. Thanks Thank for you. Having us.